Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Vincent Williams, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Hey, holler at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bad Triple. And here, the second week of Afrofuturism on the Michelle Mission in Afrofuturist month that we call Octavia April. We are going to spend some time with a film that in many ways is a foundational brick of Afrofuturist culture. 1974 Space is the Place, inspired by the music and philosophy of Sun Ra, co-written by Sun Ra, and starring Sun Ra as Sun Ra. Sun Ra. <laughs> Space is a Place is an 85-minute Afrofuture science fiction film where Sun Ra, the space-age prophet, lands his spaceship in Oakland, having been presumed lost in space for a few years. This was the choice of Lynn Webb. But before we get into space and find out if it is indeed the place, how are you, Lynn? I'm doing very fine. How about you? Oh, well, well, very well, very well. And uh, shout out to each and every one of you who are watching us as we stream via re restream from the Video Content Factory, Philadelphia's premier video podcast place, pavilion, palace, if you will. And it's actually feeling, filming or feeling like a palace today, Vincent. We have Terry and Dylan our regularly scheduled producers here in the building tonight, ladies and gentlemen. So that's why things will be running a lot smoother. Okay. Um, Vincent and I wanted to extend a huge thanks to the host of the Black Guy Who Tips podcast, Rod and Karen. Yes. We yes. just um, recorded an episode with them just last night, actually. Just last night. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a whole, it was a whole lot of fun. It was buckets of fun, man. Um, talking about the class of 1989, a new miniseries podcast. That episode of their podcast will be up in the uh, coming weeks for you to enjoy. And we definitely have reached out to them about being on our show um, sometime down the road as well. Yeah, great time. Great time. And, and great. They had great energy. And they both have great energy. And Rod and, and Karen, who are a married couple mm -hmm. doing, doing the show. They're married, but they also have a camaraderie that comes through in their show, sure. which speaks to their success. Sure. But I think the other thing that speaks to their success, and I don't know if you noticed this, Vincent, but I certainly did. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. Was that Karen on the Black Guy Who Tips podcast mm -hmm. may have the whitest teeth in America. She, her smile just literally blinded me the entire episode. Okay. And she was one of those women. I don't know if you had them in the, your family. I certainly do in my in my family. My, my sister Leslie is one of these women who before they talk, they smile. Okay. And, and like, and they smile for like a couple of seconds. So it'll be like, yes, this is what I think. And that's what, that's how my sister is. Okay. And that's how Karen does. So this would be this big, huge, fantastic smile just, holding there as she's waiting for a moment to say her line and she's yeah another another thing and it was it was it was i i would just sit there just thrilled at that i was enjoying it i know that it makes absolutely no sense i'm look man i look you're just a host i just tried I, look 
you get to talking and shit goes left. <laughs> I just, I just like to, I just rot it out. Some, and often I'll, I'll just rot it out. I appreciate Like I'll wait for the moment to like interject some type of rhetorical filler. Wow, that's crazy. Really? And then I just, you know, this is live, folks. This is 100% live. Okay. But we had a great time. We did. We did. <laughs> Enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having us. We look forward to you all being guests here on the Michelle Mission. Most definitely. Um, and when you do, the Michelle Mission Hour set, which is definitely still a work in progress, but it's looking really fabulous yeah, right here. Really fabulous. Um, but I won't know whether or not it truly looks fabulous, Vincent, until I get home. Okay. Because the last few weeks, mm -hmm. I have um, received a full-blown, almost written report. Notes. 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 On our entire show. The entire show. Okay. From my friend Donna. Okay, Donna, who, who I love Dearly. I Thank you, Donna. Donna. I love Donna. She just celebrated a birthday. Happy birthday, Donna. Again. Um, but last week's show, which, you know, was produced by Bert and Ernie. Yes. When the studio was in its very primordial sphere in transition. Did not stop Donna from having copious notes. Well, you know. The main one of which okay. was that apparently the lamp that was to your right yes my lamp right and last week was slightly askew yes it was <laughs> planted and the lamp that was to my left yes the seam was showing the seam was showing and it looked like there was something under my seat okay okay and she couldn't take her eyes. donna Donna has has an eye for detail. And very, very much. I appreciate it. So I made sure when I came in today to make sure that this lamp... This lamp wasn't... Proper. Right, right. And that's a whole new lamp. It's a brand new lamp that is different than that lamp. Is that going to be an issue? Is that going to affect the symmetry? You know, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, apparently you didn't. See, I didn't know... I, Donna, this is, again, folks... I, I just do the best I can. I really do. I, I really do. You know, I try not to have a big meal before I come. <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I end up using the bathroom right before we start because I like to stay hydrated. But I just kind of, you know, because I didn't know about these notes and, and Donna's attention to symmetry. If you would have shared them with me before, you know, I don't know. Here's a thought. The camera was on. I would have said, well, is it a problem that the lamps don't match? Yeah, you've, uh, you've made a point. Thank you, Donna. Thank you for your attention and for joining us here on the Michelle Mission. Uh, we'd, we'd also like to thank Reddit. Oh, yes. Yes, and for, for hosting us for an AMA and an Ask Me Anything segment that went really well. That was a lot of fun. Under their subreddit, their movie subreddit. Yeah. Still kind of moving along. It is still moving along. People still asking us questions. But that was that was a, a cool because that was the first time we had ever done it. It's the first time we ever did it. And and everyone was really great. We got some 
Great questions. Mm -hmm. Great conversation. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. So as well as the black guy who tips. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Freda was a good time. Most definitely. And don't forget to check out the class of 1989, ladies and gentlemen, our six-part miniseries uh, dedicated to six films that came out in 1989 that mm -hmm. changed the industry and a culture forever. You can find the class of 1989 wherever you find podcasts. Top five. Who's your top five? Top five, ladies and gentlemen, where I come up with a list and I present it to Vince. And Vince will have commentary. Yes, yes, absolutely. It won't just be some rhetorical statement. Just, wow, that's crazy. Oh, God. You know, the bad thing about it is it's become such a cliche that people say, wow, that's crazy. And that's code for, I'm not really listening. Everybody's trying to move it along. That now, Sometimes you hear something crazy and you actually want to say, wow, that's crazy. But you don't want people to think that you weren't paying attention. Yes. So, irony. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Well, <clears throat> in honor of tonight's movie, Space is the Place. Space is the Place. My top five, mm -hmm. speaking about black people. Black people? In space black oh, people space, in space. space yes my top five are top five space ain't the place space ain't the place it ain't the place okay not in the regards to these five properties these five examples where space was not the place not the place right all right and as african-american viewers we were saying at some point well who's your ass doing out there <laughs> Exactly. So, starting with number five. Number five, Space Ain't the Place. The Adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> now, for those who don't remember, this was a 2002. That's already 20 years old. A 2002 American science fiction action comedy film mm -hmm. directed by Ron Underwood that starred Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. In a dual role. Alongside Randy Quaid. Spoiler. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It, you shouldn't watch it. Go ahead. Uh, alongside Randy Quaid, Rosario Dawson, mm -hmm. Joe Pantoliano, mm -hmm. Jay Moore, Louise Guzman, Peter Boyle. <laughs> Peter Boyle sure wasn't that. John Cleese. Yeah, that's right. And Pam Greer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. In The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Yeah, it was a critical and box office bomb. Yeah, considered one of the biggest bombs of all time. Yeah. I still contend that this film, which it has Eddie Murphy, I think it is the settle is it a, like a settlement on the moon? Or sure. Mars, it's out, out in space. It's in like space. The, it's a city in space. Yeah, it's a space city. Yeah, it's a space city. It it has the vibe to me mm -hmm. of that they were trying to do like a back in the day, 30s, 40s, sure. 50s 
Flash Gordon, Buck sure, Rogers. Sure, like like the serials. Right. Yeah. And that was the vibe that I thought they were going for. Yeah. And I think they, they just missed the mark. Yeah. Completely, unfortunately. Yeah. But I, I got, I look at it more as a missed opportunity as opposed to the bomb that everybody else. Sure. Sure. I tend to agree with you, but it also infuriates me how much talent was wasted. And space certainly was not the place. I forgot that they're all those boring. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number four. Number four. Which is from 2013. 2013. And the second film that stars real-life father and son, Will and Jaden Smith, and that would be After Earth. After Earth. After Earth. A film that was directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Yes, it was. And loosely based on an original story idea by Will Smith. That's right. About a father and son trip in the wilderness. Yeah. That was uh, eventually reworked into a science fiction setting a thousand years in the future. Uh, After Earth. Didn't work. No. No, it It didn't. a, A swing and a miss. Yeah. Yeah. And I think... You know, After Earth always makes me laugh because it's one of the greatest bait and switches in modern history where you said it was about a father and son and their adventure together. And certainly the advertising said it was going to be a father and son adventure. But if you watch the film, maybe a half hour in it, Will Smith is taken off the stage. Pretty much. And you realize that you're now watching a Jaden movie. Yeah. Will Smith becomes basically a voice in a voice in his, his ear, or he did all the work in one day, mm-hmm. and, and Jaden had a movie, and God bless Jaden, but he just could not carry the film. I actually really enjoyed the set design and the costume. The look of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, much like Pluto Nash, when you have someone... Much like Pluto Nash with Eddie Murphy, when you have someone who is an A-list creator like Will Smith and M. Night Shyamalan, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good. But but yeah, it was it was not. You know who else I really enjoyed in that film? My favorite Zoe Kravitz performance. That's your favorite Zoe Kravitz? Since then, I may have liked her better in Batman. The mm-hmm. Batman. Yeah. But, like her but before the Batman, that was my favorite Zoe Kravitz performance. I really liked her in that. Okay. I don't remember her yeah. much in that. She played uh, Jaden's older sister who had died. Uh, remember, they? she only appeared in flashback. Okay, yeah. I, I think I do yeah. remember that now. Okay. But, all right. Okay, all right. All right. Space was not the place. The, the space was not the place after Earth. Yeah, after Earth. Number three. Number three. This was a animated... Uh, series that you reminded me of. Okay. From 1979 to 1980. Okay. That ran on as a segment on the <laughs> classic Plastic Man comedy adventure show. Oh, boy. You, you, this is deep cut. Rickety Rocket. Rickety Rocket. Rickety Rocket. Now, perhaps the most racist cartoon ever made. Well, I'm not going to go that far. What's more racist than Rickety Rocket? Well, tell people who've never heard of Rickety Rocket and it would, what everybody, which is what Rickety Rocket was. In the far future, mm-hmm. four African American teenagers mm-hmm. named Sunstroke, mm-hmm. Splashdown, mm-hmm. 
Cosmo mm-hmm. and Venus. What are four names that white people think that black people would have? Build a makeshift sentient talking robot. Mm-hmm. They out of because you're you're not really doing it justice. What do they build it out of? It doesn't say here what they build it. They built it out of chunk. Oh well, yes, because it was uh, from a junkyard. Yeah, all right, don't you know? That's right. And from their junkyard at home, where they built this uh, sentient talking, uh, talking rocket mm-hmm. robot. Mm-hmm. They run the far out detective agency and solve mysteries that usually have them fighting suspects operating massive criminals and disguised as monsters. The rocket signature phrase was rickety rocket blast off as this rocket robot, which doubled as a jalopy that they would all ride in, was a robot rocket complete with eyes and huge lips. Yeah, yeah. Huge lips. Yeah. As his spender. Yeah, you didn't mention the fact that it was set in the future and all the black people lived in a future ghetto. Yeah, they did live in a future ghetto. Yes, they lived in the future. Because it was a junkyard, but it was a junkyard that did not look that different from the other parts of the future ghetto that all the black people lived in. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely right. I forgot about it. Uh, because remember, you were reminded me. I totally drew a blank on this. Yeah. So you reminded me of it. Uh, like, I mean, it was a couple of years. Yeah, Ricky Rocket is terrible. Terrible. Oof. Oh, I'm, I'm glad I, I I actually watched an episode of it on YouTube. Sure. Just to rem- Okay. The premise is horrible. Did they maybe get it over? No. Yeah, they didn't. It's, uh... Is Casey Kasem involved in that somehow? Is he a voice? Not that I've I see the main not because I think Casey Kasem is a racist. Yeah. I just that like Casey Kasem just did all the cartoons during no. this period. That's all. The voice of Sunstroke was by John Anthony Bailey. The voice of Splashdown was by Johnny Brown. Famous <laughs> of Oh Bookman. Bookman. Yeah, uh, okay, Bookman. Uh, from Good Time. From Good Time. But but Ricky Rocket's voice wasn't Casey Kasem. Not that I. It seems like that would have been Casey Kasem. Not that I'm seeing. You. Okay. Uh, you dodged a bullet, Mister Kasem. I don't think Casey would have done that. I mean, he did all the other cartoons. Yeah, but he wouldn't do. He wouldn't do the voices. Oh, and it says here the Rocket was voiced by Al Fan. Okay, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Okay. I right. see. I don't see Kay- Casey would do human voices. I don't think he would have done the Rockets. That him doing Scooby Doo. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do like or scrappy. Casey does Scooby or Scrappy. He doesn't do. I don't think he does the dog. Look up Casey Kasem voices. Uh, uh, all right, hold on. I don't. I don't think. Oh, this is way more interesting than Rickety Rocket. <laughs> okay. Well, well, I can do it. All right, you keep going. I'll look up Casey Kasem voices. Well, now you got me. No, 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 no. We're going to look. Look, I'm looking at Casey Kasem cartoon. Voices. Look, it's actually a search. Okay. But I don't think he did. I think he did a voice on, on Scooby-Doo, but I don't think he did the voice of he, Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, right, right. So it says he, he voiced Shaggy. Yeah. He voiced two of the Arm Autobots. Mm-hmm. Let me see. Let me see. He voiced Robin in the Super Friends. Robin in the Super Friends. 
Right, 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 right. Did round with super friends. All right, so I guess Casey Kasem wouldn't have been involved. All right, I mean, it's he wasn't. He was. He could have been. I'm just, I'm just pulling Casey Kasem into this, disparaging the man. I, I am. I am. This is terrible. I'm sorry, Casey Kasem. He knew better than that. All right, he knew better. Like, yeah. oh, this one's not for me. Right, right, right. You know, he didn't answer that. He didn't answer the phone. Okay. All right. Can I move on to number two? Oh, here's something interesting. It says that he quit the Transformers because, you know, because Casey Kasem was um, Arab. I think he was, um, I forget which country he comes, but you know, he's a, he's Persian. Like, like Ar- Armenia, maybe. But he quit the Transformers because of its depiction of Arab Americans. The, the the cartoon or the movie? The movie. I didn't even know that he did. No, it was no. All the way to the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he voiced a couple of characters in in the Transformers the movie, eighty sixes. Oh, in nineteen eighty six. Yeah. Okay. okay. So he quit the cartoon. Okay, okay. put the cartoon. According to the L.A. Times, who did a story on Casey Kasem's cartoon voices. I'm sorry. That's fine. You do the best you can. It's sometimes yeah, some things go left and. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Homeboys in Outer Space. Remember Homeboys in Outer Space, Vincent? Which centered around two astronauts, Tiberius Ty Walker and Morris Clay, played by Flex Alexander and Daryl Bell. I know. Who flew around the universe in a winged car uh, nicknamed the Space Hoopty. Right. The 23rd century. It's just some, like, just... Even in the far future, apparently black people only go have shitty stuff. Of course, like I love this this conceit that you see. We're still broke, right? Right. It's like it's the future. It's like a post scarcity society. Mm-hmm. But our stuff is still shitty. The duo's car, which was a cross between a low rider and an eighteen wheeler, because of course, was piloted by a talking female computer named Loquacia. That was in a. Homeboys in Outer Space, which ran from August of 1996 to May of 1997 on the UPN network. I didn't even think it ran that long. It might have been technically, you know. How many episodes? You really want to make me look that up. Okay. This is just as interesting as the case case. I didn't admit. Uh, Let's see. Let's see how many episodes were there of Homeboys in Outer Space. Homeboys and Outer Space, it ran for one whole season. So that puts it at about, what, 22 episodes? Just about. There you go. Uh, it ran for 21. 21 episodes. 21 episodes yeah. of Homeboys from Outer Space. Yeah. Maybe. So what do you think? You think maybe, like, like was it maybe episode eight? Where 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 my man was like I was on a different world. <laughs> like this this was my follow up right a different world like like how far into it do you think the two of them kind of sat in their room in in their dressing rooms and realized how badly things have gone? Well, episode eight maybe. I honestly think I think that um, Flex was probably just happy to. Have a gig mm-hmm. to, be, to be quite as kept, right? And, and I never much. And Daryl Bell just Daryl Bell. I mean, we need you on set, Mister Bell. And he was just like, 
he's like sitting in his dressing room and it says like homeboys in outer space and then it says Daryl Bell. Well, dude. And like he just sits in the dressing room and like he thinks about the fact that like he met Jesse Jackson and and Lena Horne. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like Debbie Allen used to direct him. Yeah. But now he's doing now he's now he's doing homeboys in outer space. And it's like episode eight. And you got twelve more scripts. Yep. Where you have to produce this. I used to be bouncing off of Kadeem Hardis. Kadeem Hardison, yeah. A trained actor. We need you on set, Mr. Bell. And now I'm setting up flex. And he's just sitting in the dressing room. And they've called him twice now. But to be fair, they've called. They've knocked on the door. They've knocked on the door. Mr. Bell. We have your shops blocked out, Mr. Bell. We're losing the light. We're losing the light, Mr. Bell. And he's just sitting. He's just sitting quietly. He's like, I kissed Halle Berry on an episode of Different World. Did he kiss Halle Berry? Yeah. Yeah. She, she's in there like a split second. She's like an extra. She's like one of the girls that wow. he dates. Oh, yeah. And yet she escaped homeboys. From yeah, space. Yeah. That's his name. Well, a different world went off the air in 93. Yeah. Homeboys in Outer Space is a manga set. Yes. In those three years. In those three years. Brother Guy, the, the residuals were. He, he, hey, he wasn't, he wasn't like top of the bill. Oh, so, on, going, so he's just sitting in the dressing room. Sitting in the dressing room. Wait for the phone ring. He's just sitting in the dressing room. Oh, no, he do it then, but he definitely would fall right. But, but I'm just saying he's on the set now. We need you on set, Mr. Bell. You really think there was a set? I mean, yeah. Huh. That was number two? <laughs> that was number two. All right, it was number one. Number one. And this is, <laughs> this is a movie that I, I always dare that I will pull. Oh, forget it, it, it for the mission, but I don't. Now, have you seen it? I have actually seen it. And and the reason why I won't pull it is because I know it doesn't fit. It doesn't it doesn't fit our preview because it one it's not a full length film, right? Primarily because it's not a full length film. But I, you just like saying the title. I love the title. I know. I can't believe the title. So go ahead. Number one. Number one would be space ain't the place for gay niggers from outer space. Gay niggers from outer space. A 1992 Danish. English language. Mm-hmm. So it's English language. Yes. Science fiction short film produced by the performance artist Morton Lindbergh. Mm-hmm. That is a parody of science fiction and black exploitation genres. That's the other reason why I'm kind of ambivalent about, like, even its place on this list. Sure. Because it is straight up a parody. Okay. But I contend that as a parody, it is still poorly done. It's, it's a poorly done parody. It's, impor- it's poorly done. And not so much just because of the, the poor taste of it, mm-hmm. but just like the whole production of it. Sure. It's badly. I've never seen it. Done. You've never seen it? I've never seen it. You, you should watch it. I, I mean, I probably should. But it's brought you so much joy over the years. <laughs> it makes you giggle every time it comes up. So... I know. And I finally fit it into Octavia. And you finally, in the only appropriate way, only appropriate that real question. Look, if, if, if we have talked about Rickety Rocket and Homeboys from Outer Space, then we definitely, yeah. And, and, and the film, 
just so you know, follows a group of intergalactic homosexual black men from the planet Anus who discover the presence of female creatures on planet Earth. Using ray guns, they proceed to eliminate females one by one from Earth, eliciting gratitude from the previously oppressed male population. And then before leaving the planet, they leave behind a gay ambassador to educate the Earthlings about their new way of life. That was the number one space ain't the place. Gay niggers from outer space. Well, there you go. That's my top five. That's your top five. What do you have to say about the top five, Vincent? It, that was crazy. <laughs> That's the key. Six Degrees of Durville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to connect the actors that I present to him in six movies or less to that 1970s Afrofuturist. So I'll say he's a one-man Afrofuturist. He's a one-man Afrofuturist. Um, his mustache was science fiction. Indeed. Durville Martin. Durville Martin. Durville Martin. All right, Vincent. All right. Now... In keeping along with the theme of our, our, our movie that we're, okay. we're doing, uh, Space is the Place, which stars Sun Ra. Yes, it does. And these are two actors mm -hmm. who are famous sons of other actors. Oh, synonym games. No. Homonym games. Homonym games. Homonym games. All right. Mm -hmm. So number one, number one in six movies or less, a famous son connect Durville Martin, Durville Martin to to Kiefer Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland, yes, the son of Donald Sutherland, absolutely, the great, absolutely. Well, I'm going to connect him to Kiefer Sutherland. Because Durville Martin uh -huh. is in. I'm going to get to him because I can get to him a couple of ways, but I want to get to him in an interesting way. So, Durville Martin uh -huh. is in Hitman. No. Durville Martin is in Sheba Baby with Pam Greer. Pam Greer is in Hitman with Bernie Casey. Bernie Casey is in Quicksilver with um, Lars Fishburne. Okay. No. Bernie Casey, I'm sorry, is in Cornbread Earl and Me with Lars Fishburne, who's in a very young Lars Fishburne, who is in Quicksilver with Kevin Bacon. Who is in A Few Good Men with Kiefer Sutherland. Sutherland? Very good. Like, wow. I did not expect you to go that route. Well, sorry. I, you know, every now and then I try to get Kevin Bacon in the mix. Well, yeah. Because cause, right. we did co-opt his Right. So, so at least we can do it. There you go. Very good. Very good, Vincent. Thank you. That was the easy one. That was the easy one. That was the easy one. Kiefer Sutherland, son of Donald, is the easy one. Yeah. As opposed to the more difficult one that would be 
Number two, mm-hmm. Peter Fonda. Peter Fonda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Peter Fonda, of course, do you know more than two movies he was in? I mean, he's in... um. Oh my God, I just forgot. How I just forget the motorcycle movie. If life's not hard, it's... Oh, right, right, right. Right, right, because Peter Fonda is an easy rider with the other dude who's an easy rider who is... um. I'm looking right at him. Hippity. Who? Hippity. Right. So, so Peter Fonda is an easy rider with Dennis Hopper, who is in Waterworld with Kevin Costner. Yeah. Wow. Oh, you didn't even have to go with Kevin. I know I don't, but I, well, who else is in Waterworld? The funny thing is the little girl is in Napoleon Dynamite. But I'll stick with um, Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner stuff stick with Kevin Costner, who is in um, where do I want to go with Kevin Costner? Yeah, you got a play a bunch of places to go. I got a whole bunch of places I can go with Kevin. Just gotta remember your count. Yeah. So so who do I I got? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. I mean, you know, Kevin Costner is in um. That might be too long. Kevin Costner is in um the bodyguard with Whitney Houston. That's what I was thinking, but uh, Whitney Houston, I'm gonna run out. Is in. Trying to think the fastest way. I know, so you got to count it out. Right. Because I was going, I was trying to think it that way. Oh, no, I can get, I can get right to six. She's in The Preacher's Wife with Denzel, which mm-hmm. room more. He's, of course, in Moveta Blues with Dick A. Anthony Williams, who's in Five on the Black Hand Side right. with um, Durbo Martin. So that's right. six. That gets you right at six. Yeah, I was right at six. Yeah, I wasn't sure, like, it, how that was adding up yeah. but when you went to Waterworld and this might have still been six mm-hmm. I thought instead of Kevin Costner you were going to go Lorenz Tate Lorenz Tate isn't in Waterworld I thought he is Lorenz Tate is in no he the postman then mm-hmm. you're right mm-hmm. you're right you're getting your Kevin Costner badly maligned but not as bad as everyone says they are post-apocalyptic Kevin Costner movies Mixed up. Mixed up. It's only two on the category, but the funny thing is they're, they they have the exact same description. Yeah, they like everyone talks real bad about them. They're not as bad as everyone says they are, and they're post-apocalyptic. Waterworld is. P- Waterworld is not as bad as... It, the problem with Waterworld is that it was so expensive. True. That when it didn't... When it... It flopped. It flopped. It flopped so hard. 
Yeah, but, but it, it flopped so hard because it was so expensive because they were trying to, you know, they, yeah, he's doing which they had practical effects. Yeah, the practical effects and the salt water and the cameras. Yeah, but it's not. There are worse movies than Water. Okay, there are worse movies, but it's still a bad movie. Yeah, but people bring up Waterworld like that's the worst thing, you know. Well, because it looks like Waterworld is pretty watchable. Okay. Yeah, I, I I disagree. All right, so there you go. And the Postman, I think I sat through once, and I don't really. It was kind of by the numbers. I don't remember. It's kind of by the numbers. The book's better. All right, it's an interesting concept. Okay. All right. Well, you made it. There you go. I did not think you would. I know you were probably going to use Easy Rider. Right. Right. What else is Peter Fonda in that I would? Um, he was in. I just saw one that I. Pretty sure you saw. Um, he was in Ocean's Twelve. Well, no, that was a deleted scene. Excuse me. Um, he was in. Did you see Yuli's Gold? I did not. He was in that. He was in Escape from L.A. He was in Escape from L.A. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you saw that. And he was in the Cannonball Run. What in the hell is Peter Fonda doing in the Cannonball Run? Everybody else is in that movie. Yeah, but he's like more of an actor. Like I know he's not, but he really. Yeah, I know he's not the greatest actor, but it just it's more of an enigma. Yeah. What else is Dennis Hopper in? Is a better question. Oh, Dennis Hopper in Speed. He sure is in. Speed. And then he's also he's in Speed, and then he's also in um what's the Tarantino movie that he didn't direct. True Romance? Yeah, he's in True Romance. Oh, he sure is. Because the great scene with him and uh, Christopher Walken. Yeah. 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 Captain Dennis Hopper did work. Yeah. True. And he went through that really interesting period in the 90s where he was like, I'm Dennis Hopper, so I'm just going to show up in place. Well, it was his second coming. Yeah. And to speed, like, water was really back out there. You know, and God bless him, man. God bless him. He, he, did, he did work. And it's a good category in the Famous Sons. All right. All right. Well, very good, Vincent. Well, thank you, sir. All right. All right. With that out of the way, ladies All and gentlemen, right. let's turn ourselves to our review. Here we go. A space. Yes. The place. Yes. We'll be right back with our movie review after we step to these messages. Channel 5 Stone Jar, the all-black station for all black people with all the news that grooves at noon, live from Oakland, California. <laughs> As you are probably aware, several local mystics have predicted a landing from space this afternoon in the person of a black musician and thinker named Sun Ra. He's reported to have disappeared while traveling in Europe in June 1969. He's reputed to have been traveling in outer space all this time with his intergalactic mid-science solar orchestra. And upon landing here, will reveal to the world his so-called plan for the salvation of the black race. Hey, there he is! This is incredible. I can't believe it is really happening.
really happened, where our ship has landed. We're living in the space age. No matter who you are. Space is the place. A 1974 Afrofuturist film. Sun Ra, the space age prophet, shaman philosopher, and avant-garde jazz keyboardist and band leader, lands his spaceship in Oakland, having been presumed lost in space for a few years. With black power on the rise, Ra disembarks and proclaims himself the, quote, altered destiny. He holds a myth versus reality rap session with black inner-city youth at a rec center, threatening to chain you up and take you with me like they did you in Africa if they resist his plea to go to outer space. He duels at cards with the Overseer, a satanic overlord with the fate of the black race at stake. He wins the right to a world concert. Agents sent by the Overseer attempt to assassinate him, but he vanishes, rescues his people, and departs for space, escaping an exploding planet Earth. Directed by John Coney, written by Sun Ra and Joshua Smith, starring Sun Ra and inspired by a, a, a course that Sun Ra taught mm. at the University of California, Berkeley, entitled The Black Man in the Cosmos. Space is the place with the choice of Lynn Webb. Lynn how would you like to begin to discuss Space is the Place? I thought I had seen this film. Okay. I had never seen this film. Okay. Uh, I have seen Sunra before. Um, as we kind of alluded to a little bit last week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sunra was a, a huge force in the world of experimental jazz and music. Uh, got his start in Chicago. Um, then I think he moved down south right mm -hmm. like alabama in, in along that area where he spent a great deal of his um career moved out to la um but in his later part of his life he spent um, quite a few years here in philadelphia mm -hmm. uh and in the germantown section of philadelphia which is where i grew up right so there were i did have on occasion with no context whatsoever <laughs> To come across Sun Ra and his orchestra <laughs> in full orchestrian <laughs> wardrobe. That is fantastic. Um, just chilling in the park <laughs> in Germantown. <laughs> playing music. Sometimes they be playing music. Sometimes they be playing chess. <laughs> so they just be there. Hey, little brother, can you go and get us a soda? Get you some Cause it is two dollars. I love it. I love it. Can you go get ten hugs? <laughs> I mean, dude, it, it was it was a very surreal moment. Yeah, I'm sure to come across this old old man. His head wrap may may not have been quite as you know, austere as it is in space as the place. Mm -hmm. It may not have gone up five stories high. Mm -hmm. But it was a headpiece. Right, right, right. Um, and it was quite a sight, I'm sure. And here's the here's the bad thing, though. 
when I would come across him, and we're talking about maybe like in the in the eighties, <laughs> when I would come across him, he was decidedly an older gentleman. And when they would play music, the orchestra, for the most part, was made up older guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they had cycled in them one or two younger guys, but it was mostly like his crew. Right. His life on his bulls. Right. Right. Right or die. And the, when they would be playing their music, you know, I'd be like, oh, these guys are you know, they're running their music. But I just figured maybe somewhere along the way they had forgotten how to play their music. Right, right, right. Because the music was got right musical. See, that's because that was your Western mind <laughs> aged. See, that's what that was. You know, <laughs> I tried to buy into that when I came to spaces to place because to me, oh, I'm going to see Sunrise and it's pride. I'm. I'm here for it because while I've always known of Sun Ra and I've always known of his place in jazz, I, when I listen to jazz, where, where I listen to jazz, they don't play Sun Ra. Oh, right. Let me just put it that way. Right, right. When I listen to that, they're not playing Sun Ra. Sure, sure. So this was going to be my opportunity to hear authentic primetime Sun Ra. Sure. And in space in the, the place, I was taken back to Germantown. Germantown in, in the 80s. And you realized that they hadn't missed it. <laughs> they had not missed Like you were getting unfiltered. Oh. Orchestra. Those were the keys. That you meant to get out of That's right. Mm-hmm. And then, mind you, I'm only talking about the music. Oh, I'm only the, the, because, because that was the first thing that I knew of. Yeah, or right? or sure. When I'm looking, when I'm looking at Sarah and I'm looking at pictures of him, I'm thinking, oh, this is where, this is what gave birth to George Clinton. Sure, this is what gave birth to to a degree Earth, Wind, and Fire. Look, right, the whole the whole aesthetic, right, on zero. So I'm thinking there's something, you know, d- to hear primordial from them, mm-hmm. which I can hear where George and 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 Earth, Wind, and Fire came from. But no, musically, I don't feel. I don't feel that. Okay, I don't. I don't hear that uh, when I'm when I come to this film. So then I'm left with okay. Then let me get into this man, mm-hmm. Sunra, mm-hmm. who famously, that is his name. That is the name. That is the 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 identity that he took on for himself. Mm-hmm. And then and in honoring that, I won't give his. Right, what his his um, birth birth name was? He was Sunra. He lived as Sunra. As he did, he saw himself as Sunra, and he saw himself as Sunra, the being you see in spaces to play. Not just like, hey, I'm a brother named Sunra. No, he is this otherworldly figure mm-hmm. named Sunra, who has these thoughts and ideas and theories, which when you listen to them, are basically the building blocks of Afrofuturism Mm -hmm. about our place in the future, being able to claim our identity and our space in uh, the future and in space, Mm -hmm. right? That That is the building blocks of Afrofuturism as we know it. 
And it all is built on the philosophies, on the thinkings and, 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 and words and thoughts of Sun Ra. Mm -hmm. And that is all baked into this movie, mm -hmm. right? Which is basically a, 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 a tryst on those thoughts, mm -hmm. right? With, with a, a narrative loosely stitched together sure. to kind of have it play out with him being Sun Ra versus the is the not the overseer the overseer overseer um before a battle for the black spirit on on earth because he wants to to transport us to some someplace else mm -hmm. to be of a higher mind right right um where the overseer wants to entrap us mm -hmm. with the within I think it's very I think it's very interesting that the the overseer Wears the trappings of almost like some evangelist, you might see. And, and the whole well, the funny thing is, you say evangelist, I was thinking pimp. Well, I was going to say, well, we might be saying this because it's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing because the evangelist <laughs> slash pimp. Yeah, because that is definitely you know his aesthetic for the most part. Yeah. You know, he is a pimp. But he comes off with this advantage, like uh, like I'm I'm here for the community, right? And the community, y'all need women, right? And drugs, right? Right? Y'all need y'all need to just like slow it down, right? You know what I mean? And then he's got this partner Jimmy, yeah, who represents us and uh, black people who maybe want more for our people right right but are blinded by the lights of showbiz right right and taken in by that glitz and glamour right right so that they just uh settle for the okie doke right right and sunra is trying to lift your lift us from that by first appealing to the youth he appears mm -hmm. to the youth um and then by appearing appearing to the women mm -hmm. uh in in this film um all while fighting the overseer and trying to stay two steps ahead of the man mm -hmm. because the common uh, enemy of black man, no matter from which sect you are, mm -hmm. is the man. The man. So Sunrise trying to stay two steps ahead of him. And this is all literally like sits together around some um, concert footage mm -hmm. of the orchestra performing uh, in California. Um, there are some, there's talk about, you know, when he appears to the youth, they are a little, um, uh, uh, disparaging a Sun Ra because like, you yeah, man, you walking around dressed up in these weird clothes and he's got, he's got, the man's got, he's got these shoes that are like, I don't know. I mean, I've never seen shoes like this, but he's got a cape that flows all the time. And I loved it. Um. But like you coming around here talking with all that stuff, man. What, what are you talking about? And why should we believe you? That's right. Which was in 1974 common for you at that time. So you understood that question. I appreciated that because Sun Ra is not a young man. So it makes sense that they would question this old man that's walking around in a cape and a headpiece with with people walking around with huge golden eagles adorned adorning their uh, their their bodies. Um, so that made sense. I, I appreciated that. Um, and then he op opens up the, the, uh, um, the outer space 
employment agency it does to, to look for the right type of black people we'll give black people space jobs he's gonna give us jobs in space yes like, he is gentlemen yes he is. you know that's the one thing homeboys couldn't give us he was giving us we we we, we not gonna bring the homeboys we're not gonna get this right because this is where basically it is the place it is the place and space is the place for all of these teachings, all of these theories of Sun Ra. And I, there was a part of me that wanted to lock on because I understood what he was going for. Mm -hmm. But in the disjointedness of the narrative, which kind of go bounces here and there, almost like a series of skits. Yeah, yeah, to a degree. Yeah. Um, and then, with all with all due respect to Sudra, he's outside of his his garb. He's not much of a presence. Mm. Like he, he doesn't like when he is speaking his truths. He's not selling his truths. Mm -hmm. It is almost like you know. And, and admittedly, he's not an actor. Right. Right. So I understand that he's saying these lines, but while he's not an actor, he is still a performer. You would think it would be at least be able to be performative. He's not even performative in the moments in which he is performing mm -hmm. his music. Mm -hmm. um, so because of that, I found it hard to connect with this, which I know from a cultural standpoint is a film that I should be heralding. Mm -hmm. I should be in lockstep with this, right? You had to like everything. But I, I just found myself like, I found it left me wanting. Okay. Wanting to connect. And it's, it, it just didn't make me make the leap. Okay. All right. That's true. I love every single thing about this film. This film is everything to me. And in the broadest sense, it is such a 70s film. Yeah. Like just in, in the costuming and the settings and 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 one of the aspects that that i found most ironic is that they they try and make this this split between the mundane world mm -hmm. and the spiritual slash space world yeah where where it's almost like a a riff of of the seventh seal where he's playing a game against this double overseer and right. then you, you see the technology in his spaceships but because we're watching this in modern times so much of the 70s setting ha it has a bit of the surreal to it like you mentioned there are these two teenagers that are 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 kind of these recurring characters but they're wearing these these kind of rolled up jeans and 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 their afros and the dude has a kerchief on and at one point you see someone who has one of those wonderful old red black and green picks yeah yeah so i just love every all of the 70s parts of it we we talked about this a bit last week with conquest of the plan the apes and and you and i have talked about this periodically when when we reference other science fiction properties from the 70s i'm a complete sucker for retro futurism yes from the 70s depictions of space depictions of the future from the 70s 
I loved his spaceship. I love the design of his spaceship. The design of this spaceship is cool. This sort of bulbous, kind of almost mushroom shape. I love um, the, the, the very first scene they show the planet mm-hmm. where presumably he's going to take black people. And it's that does have a cool set. I, it's yeah. like psychedelic, yeah, yeah, and kaleidoscope. It's almost like someone took Willy Wonka's chocolate factory, but made it sexy. If that, like, you know, just the the curvature of it, the costume. I just loved every science fiction aspect of it. And and to your point about this being fundamental when we talk about Afrofuturism. There are so many parts of this that, well, first of all, I love the very specifically 70s details where we, you talked about the man mm-hmm. who was that, but the, you know, they're played by two white men. But let's be very specific. These are two NASA scientists. That's true. Which are, is such a 70s thing. Yeah, the space race. The space race, and I think the last time we talked about this was when we we were discussing the um, what's the name of the documentary that Questlove made, Summer of Soul. We talked about Summer of Soul, which which coin, coincided with the the space launch, and there are footage. There's footage of black people mm-hmm. booing it. Basically. Yeah, yeah. But this was something that you saw in the seventies, where this 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 sentiment that we're spending all this money sending people into outer space. And black people are catching hell right here. Yeah. So, you know, whether you're talking uh, about Gil Scott Heron and Whitey on the moon mm-hmm. or or Marvin Gaye mm-hmm. with, you you know, um, We Inner City Blues, where he references it. Like, I love that. And then I love the other part where, where at one point Sun Ra basically says they're already going to space a lot, where it was this very 70s sentiment that white people they already have messed up the planet. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to leave everybody here and go out into space. Um, but but just this whole mm-hmm. this whole philosophy of, as you said, black people's existence is bigger than what they're telling us. So so you know the 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 costumes are are you know here you go more 70s stuff. you get a little sprinkle of the ancient astronaut stuff which i love from the 70s because you know they're dressed like pharaohs and and at one point there's a flashback to what i presume was a pyramid because there's a mummy yeah. so you know you can infer that that and, and then they say that he's a time traveler so then you get that part of it the music look you're a jazz man. Well, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Part of the cheat code of me and you getting along, you kind of remind me of my dad. My dad hated free jazz. <laughs> like, that's just free jazz. I know. Like, this is, you know, Sun Rock. Like, this is, you know, Alice Coltrane. And, and you know, so, like, like that just sort of, it's a vibe. Mm. And like you said... This don't sound like you, my dad, my dad would get so worked up about John Coltrane. Where the hell is the melody? What is this? What is this? Is this a song? 
It's just all tooting and blowing all horns. Can they play their instruments? But it's a vibe. And look, there's a vibe to John Coltrane. Look, uh, look, I think this is what I will I will grant you with Sun Ra, where you and I agree. I very rarely listen listen to Sun Ra. Right. Like if I'm doing Sun Ra, I really do need the multimedia. Like I need to see them in the costumes, like like the sister singing spaces the place and she's got the big sunglasses and they're wearing the costumes and they're oh I'm all in like I am so between the jazz between the 70s between the science fiction like I loved every single solitary aspect of this movie okay like 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 loved it okay it went off I almost put it right back on again. Really? You liked it that much? I love Space is the Place. Wow. I love Space is the Place. Wow. I can't. I And I'm not necessarily contradicting anything you just said. No, you're not. So, you know. I mean, because I do appreciate the one thing you did mention. Um, I do appreciate in real time the commentary that this movie has on... The the the, uh, the black films that are prevalent at that time in 1974 because we're right in the middle right. of black exploitation. That's right, right. So I did I did see that commentary right there. I was like, okay, I like that. I like that. Right, because so much of of the mundane world and 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 the world that the overseer is trying to keep black people in is represented by pimps. Mm-hmm. Like you have all of these scenes of pimps and, and from the making of the show, the making of the show, the making of the film, one of the filmmakers apparently was really interested in this pimp aesthetic and he kind of put it together. And when you read about the making of the film, they talk about basically what, what you said, how they had to stitch together this narrative. Yeah. Like it really was almost these loose vignettes that they kind of cut together into this film. And 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 that commentary is there where Sun Ra is saying, we are more than this. Yeah, it, it, but, and, and he does say that. And I want to think because this is like, like Sun Ra, he, he, he was, he was, a, he was the name. This gets made because of him. Oh, okay. good. So I want to think that he had a, a say in the create, in, in the, the end result. Mm-hmm. A lot of that stitching really felt well. I, I'm just gonna say it, it felt very gratuitous. Like I didn't, I didn't like that they were not one, two scenes of women getting getting almost almost completely naked. One of yeah, get completely naked. Yeah, um, and then there are the most violent scene yeah. in this this movie is violence against women and it is very it's kind of um rough it is rough but unlike other films it's not presented as sexy no like this really is shown as an example of what the overseer represents and you you know they they do like 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 Sun Ra uses his space blackness to heal them. 
and tra- well, you know, transports the sister away. The white woman got to stay. White people don't get to go to space. I thought he did transport one of the white girls. I thought she was Asian. Oh, you're right. That was right. Asian. Remember, he leaves the white woman. That's right. With Faye, and he takes Faye's black part. Right. And leave, leaves the white part. That's right. And then the white part walks off with the white prostitute. Sunrise does heal them, as you as you say, by transporting them away to take them to uh, away from with his space jazz. With its with his, his yes, his space composition. Um, but I still say that that scene took me out of the movie. I know what they were trying to do, and oh, let's put it this way. It probably lasted 30, 45 seconds too long. I think that's fair. But let yeah. me put it that way. Look, man, look. Look, what's, what's, what's my man's name? Is it, is it Lawrence Kasdan mm-hmm. that edited... Um, Empire. He's a director. Oh, he's no, he directed. What's the sister's name? No, the woman's name. Anyway, this thing's not going to get an Oscar for editing. Okay. Like, like this is not one of the great, well, no. the great, no, constructed, no, products. It, but, it, but it really, so you know, you say in the scene, we're a little thirty seconds longer than it should have. Absolutely, I actually don't think the um, like there's a moment towards the end where it's forty five seconds of Sun Ra walking. From the rehearsal, the the rehearsal um stage to the front door of the building. Yeah, and I said, mm, they probably shouldn't let Sun Ra walk. Walker. Yeah, it's not like he actually needs the orchestra with him, and in or or at least have his cape because he didn't right. have the the brain. He didn't have the head. It didn't. It was just right. him. Right. With his with his like uh right. chainmail hat. But I I think I, I think I think it's a vibe. And I think in time you use that as a defense of some art, mm-hmm. that it's a vibe. Mm. It is highly subjective. So, like, either you buy into the vibe or you don't. Yeah. I, I 100% buy into the vibe. You didn't. I didn't buy into the vibe. That being said, I would, I would recommend this movie, though. Mm-hmm. Because one, I do reckon I recognize the its place in history. Mm-hmm. I also recognize that I kn- I know people. I am I am friends with people who I know would lock in with this vibe. They would be one on one. Look, they would love it. Look, if if you are watching the Michelle Mission and and you enjoy black science fiction and and you enjoy afrofuturism understand this 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 is dna this is the dna right here like you can just like you 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 mentioned a couple of them if you like this aspect of parliament funkadelic mm. if you like this aspect of earth wind and fire the spirituality the costumes again the multimedia part of it I see Octavia Butler in here. Yes, yes. Um, I feel like Tanahasi Coates used this as part of his part of 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 his research when he wrote his already legendary run of Black Panther, which frankly, so much of the film pulled from as far as the I mean I know we talk about Christopher Priest and everything he brought to Black Panther 
but as as far as the 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 the, the nitty gritty nuts and bolts, Afrofuturism, the images of it in Black Panther, the film, a lot of that is directly from Coates's run, which you see in this. Gotcha. So. Like, I, I, I'm not even recommending this. Like, I'm saying, like, you have to watch it. Like, you have to watch Spaces. If you like Afrofuturism, if you like, look, oh, I like this stuff. Like, if you like this, you gotta watch this. Like, you gotta take the hour and 25 minutes and watch it. And, and like you said, you know, people who, I think some people, I think a lot of people can and have locked onto this and said this is this is this is the place this is space is indeed the place space in the, is indeed yeah. the place i thought that i noticed somewhere um let me just check was there like a sequel made to this like space is still the place or something like oh uh, someone made an album Oh, okay. That was inspired by this. And yeah, you know, the bright light social hour. Right. And you know, there are two different cuts of this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have to say, I don't know where you watched it. You, you know, I'm going to say it, and you know I don't like doing this. But I saw the I saw this on HBO Max. That's where I saw it. This is the most pristine print I've ever seen. Though. Well, because it, it had like been, It looks like it's been remastered. It had been remastered back in the 2000s. Yeah. So it's absolutely beautiful. It had been remastered and released with the 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 shortened sixty four minute yeah. height. So yeah. Now, in full disclosure, also about the vibe, this is probably the first time I've seen it, and I hadn't had no sip in me first. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is very much this is very much get you a little sip and sit back and turn on or whatever it is that you indulge. You know, mega eternal space is the place. Oh, dude, oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I know at least twice during the pandemic, this was a nice little evening. Really? Oh, I love spaces to play. Wow. I, 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 I don't think I could have spent a pandemic night with it. Oh, I love space. Maybe, maybe if I had some libations. Oh, everybody's asleep. Everybody's, and you know, you just uh, put on spaces to place. I, I, I think I would find something else before I, I might. I might watch Rickety Rocket <laughs> before I watch Spaces the Police. Matter of fact, I would watch R Rickety Rocket just for the cartoon history of it. I strongly disagree with <laughs> Don't let us be your judge, ladies and gentlemen. Check out, I mean, I guess we did it though. I guess we did it. Yeah, you said it. You know, I like to, would you, would you, would you recommend Spaces the Police? You just said we did it. I know, but I like to, you know, I like you got an OCD about that debate. <laughs> I, I just locked on. I did. Mm. Mm. Everything <laughs> in its right place. Okay, Vince, go ahead. First time I heard that radio hits on, I said, oh, these dudes, they get it. <laughs> Everything <laughs> in its right place. They see me. I would also recommend. I would strongly recommend Space is the place. All right, all right. And check it out, ladies and gentlemen. As you've heard, it's available um, on a streaming service uh, near you. 
and definitely de definitely look for the remaster because you know i've seen it you know you see it in like as far as like if you want to purchase it no 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 i mean to watch like, well that's like going that's what's streaming right okay because i've seen it in like film festivals yeah 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 and it was like the kind of green no, 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 no. Yeah. The streaming is the remaster. Yeah, it's a beautiful print. It's a, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Let's go. This will be the best that it ever looks. Space is the place. Space is. All right. All right. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week here on the Michelle Mission, I invite you all to like us. Like the Michelle Mission um, website, MichelleMission.com, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made where you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs that we have available for your buying pleasure by way of our good friends at TeePublic, including our Six Degrees of Dervell collection. Um, and we've got a top five collection that's coming very soon. I just haven't finished the designs. <laughs> um, uh, also, you can like and follow us on a social media of your choice, whether it be Instagram, Facebook or Twitter at Michelle Mission. Subscribe to the Michelle Mission on YouTube at Michelle Mission. Become a subscriber. Never miss a show so you can get uh, advanced notices of our show and you can some of, see some of the shorts that we have out there. We recently posted, uh, made a short of the top five Prince song inspired movie pitches that we did with Tanya Pendleton. That was a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. That was a great time. Uh, we're going to get some six degree the Durvel shorts up there. We're going to have a ball. Got stop it coming. So subscribe on YouTube to the Michelle Mission, which is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They made podcasts work, and don't forget that the Michelle Mission is filmed at the Video Content Factory, Philadelphia's premier video podcast palace check us out here in maniac or go to the video content factory.com for more information how you could be down with terry and dylan who are the flyest producers in the world they're back all right next week next week here on the michelle mission it's vincent's selection yes it is and i have to agree i think he's selected quite an interesting one mm -hmm. because ladies and gentlemen before will smith and jaden smith rocketed off after earth will smith found himself alone on a planet he was just an omega man if you will but if you ask him he would say I am legend next week here on the Michelle mission for Octavia April, Octavia April. I am legend. Yes. Can't wait. I haven't seen that in a movie in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, one of my favorites. Is that one of you go to? Well, basically there's a place and I am legend. Well, I'm a big fan of this story. That's right. Cause you like the Omega man. I, and I like the, the Vincent Price version. There was a Vincent Price. This is the third remake of. What's the Vincent Price version? It's actually called I Am Legend. No. It might be called The Last Man on Earth. Really? But but yeah, it was it that's the first adaptation. Oh, now I have to see The Last Man on Earth and I know I've actually never made it through Omega Man, so I'm going to watch Omega Man before I watch I Am Legend. Yeah, it's Vincent 
price. Let me see if it was actually. It's going to be like. Yes, it's called The Last Man on Earth. 50 something? 1964? Oh, 64. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then they remake it as the Omega Man because that's 70s. It's not even that long after. Look, this is not quite, quite my Planet of the Apes bag, but I have a little I Am Legend bag. I love I Am Legend. The story. The, uh, the, uh, in all of them. All of them. Okay, well, I will take them all in. So, right, The Last Man on Earth, Omega Man, I Am Legend. I Am Legend. Okay. All right. All right, but we're only going to... All you have to do is watch I Am Legend. Right, right. There's no homework. There's no homework. I, I get the homework. All right. <laughs> Until then, he's Vince, I'm Len, and in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. Michelle Mission is produced by Len Webb and Vincent Williams and edited by Len Webb with co-production by Mo Poplar, music by Alexa Gold, and filmed at the Video Content Factory. Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network.